0: The creator of this podcast has a potty mouth, so watch out, there's going to be swearing in this episode. From the kitchen table, this is Gate, Close, Panic. And you would yeah, be from
1: huge. photos. Just,
0: um, yeah. oh, on, it's a confronting thing realizing how demoralizing traditional education is for people who aren't strongly literate or who lack confidence or who are just slow learners or unusual learners. Obviously we know retrospectively that those people who struggle during their education often realise later in life what they need to thrive and that that just wasn't on offer in the institutions where they spent the first part of their lives. But it can take a really long time for that confidence to recover after formative years punctuated by bad grades and the harshness of being compared to your peers. At the start of our conversation, Connie Augustinos, my guest for this week, mentions that she doesn't want to start her story off on a dark or a sad note. But often that's the place from which people who struggle in formal education settings start their career, trying to move past the feeling that they're deficient. Connie has a good relationship with happiness, I think. Talking to her is a reminder that joy and pleasure are not the only states from which interesting and valuable work and ideas come. Of course, it's a wonderful thing to be happy, but it's also a wonderful thing to be honest, to learn how to move through difficulty, to be more gentle with ourselves to get to know how we learn and what we need and to realise that all of these things lead to work which resonates with people in the way that Connie's does. I'll be back at the bottom of the episode, but until then, enjoy.
1: Cool. Should we pour our tea with the first Yeah. It's um, on my port for because it's pretty um,
0: portrait. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: My name is Connie Augustinos and I'm a ceramic artist, um, and I work in my studio at the Jam Factory, um, just creating more so artworks than, I guess, product things, mm-hmm. that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, okay, so like I said, just starting um, whenever you feel it's kind of most logical for you. Yeah. Um, when did you start to... Work or start to be interested in something that might have turned into work.
1: Um, I th- there was like there was a point before I started uni mm. that I realised I don't want to go into a sad story. It's okay. But um, I think there was a turning point in my adult life when I went to a careers counsellor, who was a um a friend's mum, and. I was ticking all of these boxes and there was one point where she said to me, she was being very gentle, but basically everything I ticked, I felt like I had no confidence in anything. And so it was really just a um, confidence thing. And it was then when I kind of went, oh, like something snapped and I went, this isn't, I don't know, it was just like, That's not right. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's when I kind of took a step back and went, no, I need to do something that I'm interested in. And I kind of just started to look at the things that I liked. Mm -hmm. So like fashion, clothes, textiles. I really love texture boys love taking photos so I thought I would enroll at uni Mm -hmm. and do a visual arts degree and then that was kind of the start of my creative adventure back at school I was yeah I didn't have a lot of confidence so I'm a very slow learner and now that I'm I know that Mm. I'm very patient with myself whereas back then I wasn't Mm. so I felt At school it was, and I went to a quite prestigious academic school so Mm. I really didn't fit the mould and that was really tough on me. But, yeah, growing up I just, I think, just maturing, I realised that just wasn't the right fit for me and and everything happened for a reason. But, Mm. yeah, doing starting my visual arts degree was, I guess, it seemed like, an easy decision but it was also really difficult um I think just putting myself in that position and exercising this muscle that I hadn't really exercised before mm-hmm. even though that's it's kind of what drives me today and I guess has always driven me but I've never exercised it if that makes sense you haven't been um into art
0: at school, really. into no. design.
1: yeah right I just, um, I mean, maybe the, I guess I was kind of always interested in it, but I never thought that I was good at it. Right. So I guess the grading system, all of that, mm-hmm. I can't really draw, but you don't need to be a good drawer to be, you know, an artist. No,
0: but sometimes you do to do well in high school art, unfortunately. Yeah. 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 I don't think you'd be the first person who turned out to be yeah. um, a prolific artist who hated yeah. school yeah. Um, because it is it can be really rigid yeah okay so how did it feel starting that uh, course in uni um, degree
1: it was really exciting yeah yeah it was I kind of just got lost in each subject mm-hmm. but I also found the markings like again the, I don't know, being marked. It was just so. And having to talk in public and about my work. And I really had no idea what I was trying to say. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I had to know. And it's like no one told me that I didn't have to know, and that was okay. Mm. And so I just learned that through probably putting myself out there way too much. Yeah, okay. And trying to search for something and being too vulnerable, maybe. Mm-hmm. It's interesting um, that
0: you should say that, my friend Kate Power, for raising you. No, oh, you don't. Okay. No. Um, she did the same course. Yeah. Um, and I remember her saying to me that she felt like she, all of her work had to be kind of situated within this theoretical context, yeah. which during uni at least, I think she just found totally unnatural to her practice and so she just got into the habit of making her work and then essentially just sort of finding some theory to fit around it so that she had something to and that's how she coped with that yeah rather than trying to integrate it into into her making process because it was just stifling yeah that's
1: that's what I came to as well yeah and I kind of only really realized that at the end of my degree <laughs> yeah it was it was very odd and it wasn't until so after I finished uni I applied for the associate programme at Chan Factory yeah.
0: and it wasn't
1: until having a space where I was just free to create yeah. and a space that kind of validated my career mm-hmm. what I was doing It wasn't until I just made that I kind of I realized that. My process is very intuitive Mm -hmm. and I can't really put too many words to it in the beginning. Mm. And it was just through making and observing the things that interest me and the things that bring me joy and sadness and connect me to my family. And I don't know, it's all just come out in my work. Yeah, I think it's,
0: it's not uncommon to feel that the more sort of nuanced parts of life just get crushed by you trying to articulate them. Yeah. It just feels um, clunky. Yeah. And awkward and insufficient. Yeah. I know that in that course you kind of have to, you have to try a lot of different yeah. things. How was that for you?
1: The things that I didn't, that didn't, res- like the subjects that didn't resonate with me were really hard. Yeah. I found that I really need to be inspired by my material I think or my the process mm-hmm. so for instance like film photography mm-hmm. analog that I love the process of that and I feel like that brought out my inspiration mm-hmm. and, and my um, whereas digital photography was just so flat yeah, yeah. there was like it was just so 2D, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really need that being, yeah, that touch and being a part of it all to to feel like it's coming from me. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think that I. So when you and I met, mm-hmm. just sort of for the people that are listening, I think we were doing a um, printmaking, printmaking. And workshop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I think my impression was very much that you. Knew what you liked and you knew what you mm-hmm. didn't like and just didn't have a great deal of time for the things that I didn't. Yeah, 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 basically, which I think was pretty admirable, really. Mm-hmm. Knowing how to uh, kind of use your time and your energy wisely, mm-hmm. rather than rather than forcing yourself to do things that
1: just don't yeah. don't appeal. It's funny. I really. Loved meeting you, but I hated that class. I know you did. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so funny. I loved that
0: course, but yeah, I remember. I remember you just being totally unmoved by it,
1: even though it was very like hands-on. it was still. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, when did you come to ceramics as something that
1: you, knew you kind of wanted to do? It's funny because we in. I think the beginning of the degree you do. What's that? The intro, mm. and you you do a class on every kind of material the more you choose. And I really loved that class, but I didn't pursue. I didn't choose ceramics in the beginning mm. as a subject. I think because I had my heart set on photography. Mm. And then maybe in my second year, I. I did one of the intros classes to ceramics and I just fell in love and that was it. Mm -hmm. And I think it was more so the community around the material as well. Mm -hmm. Everyone was really warm, all the teachers, and it just felt like the right space for me to be in. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, nice. Um, Kind of being somebody who is not kind of inclined toward the academic side of the university experience, how did you find getting through that course?
1: Uh, I had some pretty dark moments mm-hmm. I, I mean like many of us I suffer with depression every now and then And I think when the pressure got too much I just kind of collapsed mm-hmm. and fell into little heaps but I think the more throughout the degree I just got better at it's just practice, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah, it is. And just staying on top of it and not letting the idea of having to pass with a, you know, distinction mm-hmm. be the like be all of it. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think with
0: university it can feel, or I guess with any any kind of academia or mm-hmm. anything that's being tested. It can feel like it's it's somehow a reflection on you personally yeah. if you're not good at it. Yeah. And then once you realise how most of the time it's just a formula that yeah. you need to practice and then master and then just write the K over and over, yeah. you realise that's all it is. It's just another skill. Yeah. It's really it's not about you. Yeah. Really, it's just about whether or not you've you've had enough practice to yeah. to give Give in exactly what they're asking for. Yeah. It doesn't have to be some great, um,
1: yeah,
0: churning experience. <laughs> yeah. which I think it is to begin with when yeah. you start and you feel like it's really high stakes. Yeah. Mm, okay. Um. While you while you were studying,
1: how old are you? Twenty nine.
0: Yeah. Okay. I yep. thought so. So, um,
1: did you go? You didn't go straight into uni. No. So. I initially, after high school, I went straight to uni to study psychology, mm-hmm. and I got glandularly sick, and I think that was just a progression of high school and the stress and exams, and, and so I've always, yeah, I've always really struggled with being in, being examined, mm-hmm. having to test my, I'm not, my strongest suit isn't writing or um, articulating in words. So, yeah, it's always been really stressful for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I dropped out, and then I just worked and travelled, nice. and that was really important for me. What kind of travel did you do? I just visited friends and family who were overseas. Nice. I really, really wanted to travel, and there was no one, none of my friends were at the right kind of stage in their lives to come with me. Mm-hmm. So, I just met people who were overseas already and I just partied and and explored and it was really beneficial Mm. yeah
0: Um, were you working at the fruit and veg store during that time is that is that a family business yeah yeah
1: okay my parents have just sold it though yeah
0: oh my gosh end of an era
1: yeah what made them decide to 30 years um they just haven't had a holiday in 30 years (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my God. That's horrible. I know. Longer than like they haven't had time away from work longer than a week in their years, so they were just fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> oh my
0: goodness. They're already. Do they feel sad about it, or are they just glad to? they
1: just glad. Have the time off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Um, and my brother recently had a baby, so grandparents—they yeah. just want to slow down and mm. nice. live. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay,
0: so um, what, what kind of motivated you to decide
1: to go and study then? I just felt lost. Yeah. I needed something to ground me. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know, there's always something in me that needs to keep, that keeps me learning or growing. Or, I don't really know what it is, mm-hmm. but I know if I'm stagnant for too long, I just, it's not, it's not good. Yeah. Mm, that makes sense. Um, okay, so your
0: de- once your degree was kind of coming to a close, what were you imagining would happen next for you? Or what were you hoping would happen next?
1: I don't know. I think it was more like Jam Factory just seemed like the next right. step. It was another institution, something that makes me feel safe Mm -hmm. and supported. Mm -hmm. And that was really the, I don't don't know, like with ceramics, there isn't really anywhere else in Adelaide to continue or to build on that career. Mm -hmm. I didn't really call myself an artist after after uni because I didn't feel like an artist. But within a few months of being at the jam, I was like, yeah, I'm an artist, this is what I do. Yeah, right. So it's sort of affirming. Yeah, very yeah. um, How long have you been there now? This will be going into my fourth year. Right.
0: Yeah. How has your your life kind of been structured while you've been at Jam?
1: Um, so I, I've still been working up until the last few months, so mm-hmm. just at the fruit and veg shop at my parents and also in the retail space at Jam Factory. Oh, yeah. So that was, I think while I was still kind of finding my voice and not really wanting to put myself out there too much, it was financially just what I had to do. And it's, you know, my goal, it's all I've known really, working, having a retail job to support myself. And I haven't really had, um, growing up, no, no artists in my family, no one taking a kind of, you know, less... Traditional career, so it's been um, a real steep learning, I guess, and having to put a lot of faith in myself, and like, and being at the jam has been amazing because I see people do it, Mm -hmm. and that's been really important. How do you feel your practice has changed for you? I guess it's just uh, grown naturally. Like, Instagram's been pretty amazing for me. I'm not really one to put myself out there too much. Mm-hmm. So being able to post a photo every now and then and just put it out into the world and then having someone come forward to me has been really nice. Yeah. And I really like that idea of taking what comes to you. And, mm-hmm. and I know you do have to put yourself out there and you still have to work hard, mm-hmm. but yeah I, know. I
0: guess for somebody who is sort of not inclined to go and schmooze yeah which is sort of the to. other option it yeah. feels in Adelaide um for kind of artists and for designers Instagram offers um it offers <laughs> offers an alternative yeah. to that so that you are still kind of putting yourself out there but in a way that um doesn't uh infringe on you personally quite as much yeah one of the other women that I've interviewed this season Alice Lindstrom she's a she's an artist as well and she is now working as an illustrator and that's how she got all of her early commissions for Mm -hmm. illustration was just through that just through people approaching her on Instagram yeah um I think it's been pretty vital to her I'm hearing it. I hear it. I've heard it more than that, actually, just on the podcast, let alone in normal life. Yeah, it's increasingly how people find the the work that they want, the workers that they want. It's kind of an interesting reflection on
1: yeah how we're
0: changing. Okay, so we're kind of I guess sort of drawing up to now. Mm -hmm. You and I have already talked about this, but so that everybody who's listening um, knows, you just. Stopped working. Yeah, yeah. What prompted that? Um, Sorry, I, you've just stopped working at the fruit and veg yeah, shop. I should yeah, say. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: and in the retail shop at yeah. jam. Okay. So I think I went away in August to do a residency in Greece, mm-hmm. which was amazing. For about I was away for about two months, mm-hmm. and so I think doing again like that change was really important for me to kind of revitalise myself. Was that the first residency that you've done? Yeah. How was it? Yeah, it was amazing. It was, an, it was really special to travel with my work at the forefront mm-hmm. and to know that I was there not to just explore, but like explore a place, but explore my work. yeah and I just met so like so many other amazing artists too and how was it structured it was very free you just kind of did your own thing
0: and there were other artists yeah in the same space as you right okay
1: nice yeah how uh
0: how that would change your perspective yeah um okay cool so that makes sense to me then that you've come back from that and started rethinking the way that you're yeah living
1: here I just felt also like having, I guess, I don't know, three. So working for my parents, working for the shop, trying to run my own business, which is slowly picking up speed and it just got too much and I want to spend time with my new nephew and family. I just didn't have time and my brain was so scattered. And once I stopped those other jobs, just felt right. Good. Yeah. But it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. Like you said, I'm not one to really put myself out there too much. So having, I don't know, I find this aversion to money, (laughs) even though we need it so much. I don't know. It's like when I have to put a price on my work. It's like I can't. It feels really unnatural. I don't want to say wrong, but... It's just a part of me that is not, I guess I haven't exercised that part of me enough. <laughs> right. And
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I need to. Yeah. So I'm writing this series of articles for City Mag at the moment, which is interviewing people about their hobby that they maintain and I'm not trying to make money out of. Mm. Um, so it's like the opposite of, of okay. the podcast, basically. But I was talking to um Finn one of the one of the people that I interviewed and um, and he also does some um, drawing mm-hmm. and he said that he couldn't he couldn't sell it because he feels like it um, it taints the experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah and it's an interesting thing when you decide you want to live off of your Mm -hmm. practice, but you still have that kind of um, instinctive desire to keep away from trying to monetize your practice. Yes. I can't imagine how you even go about trying to value a piece.
1: No, I'm getting better at it now. Mm -hmm. I think it's putting a system in place. and The more I make, and I guess it's also listening to what stockists want as well. Mm And so I find that easier to give my work to stockers to sell for me. Mm-hmm. But if I were to sell them myself, I would obviously make more. Mm-hmm. So it's a... I guess, like, I guess, it, as you say, it'll
0: be um, it'll be a practice thing mm-hmm. until you are able to price your work in a really kind of methodical way mm-hmm. so that it doesn't have to be a exactly it's exhausting like, experience.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I do find it hard to let go as
0: well <laughs> I bet. yeah I bet. how much time do you usually spend on pieces
1: mm. so i make them quite fast but it's the process in finishing them that takes time because i have to wait for them to dry mm-hmm. so i can make say a piece that's about 10 centimeters tall in i don't know 20 minutes mm-hmm. so that's quite fast but then it's the drying of the piece and then the first firing and then the glazing and then the second firing and then it's also having enough work to fill a kiln so it's viable. Mm-hmm. But I'm but being at the jam factory is great because I can share kilns with all the other artists there. So yeah it's just it's a very stop and start kind of thing which Can put me off sometimes, Mm -hmm. or like I'll make a I'll make some work with something in mind, and then by the time they're finished, I'm like, oh, what was that for? Because I'm just so my mind's just jumping from thing to thing in the studio. Yeah. so i guess this is
0: um we've like caught you at the perfect moment just before you've really launched into doing this all with all of your time (laughs) yeah we'll talk to you again in a year and you'll have all this uh ironed out let's hope so what are you kind of um hoping for or imagining for your next sort of immediate future like the next few months next few years whatever it might be
1: I want to go on another residency, yeah. yeah. but I think this time I want to focus on a skill, learn mm-hmm. something new, mm-hmm. kind of keep me fresh. But other than that, setting up a studio, there's a group of us that will eventually have to leave Jan, it's just the, the nature of it. So that's really the next kind of big thing. That's exciting. Yeah. You forgot about it? Yeah, definitely. I have amazing. Friends and jam, Mm. um, we're all in the same wavelength, Mm. and it's nice to be able to do it with your friends. And we've all kind of we know each other's strengths and weaknesses, so it's not like we're going to be surprised or Mm. you know already sort of doing it. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, is there anything that you feel like is really important to your sort of story that we haven't touched on?
1: Really?
0: Cor- yeah, I think. I have. Um. <laughs> All right. Come, we can. It's give you thank you. Sorry, the sound's been weird this week. I am moving to London in a week and am just living basically in total squalor. So I'm not as organised as I normally am. Uh, if you've got any questions for me or for Connie, just reach out to me. As you know, as usual, we're on Instagram and on Facebook um i think that's everything i've been and bell this has been gate close panic i will see you in two weeks